City Light Beams, 1971, Giovanni Moon, Multimedia. Giovanni Moon was born and raised in the American heartland, a long way from just about everything, to use their own words. But they did not remain there long, spending much of their adult life moving from one metropolis to another, seeking out new people and experiences in cities all across the globe. And though by Moon's own accounting, urban life suited them much better than the rural backdrop of their upbringing, they did find the unrelenting pace of a metropolitan existence to be trying at times. So many people constantly in motion, struggling ever onward toward the dreams both great and small that drive them, only occasionally remembering to stop and enjoy the journey. Such was the inspiration and impetus for City Light Beams, one of Moon's most famous works. They created a city in miniature, taking up nearly the entire room, traffic zooming along grid-like streets, colorful shop fronts, rows of townhomes arrayed in neat little lines, high-rises and skyscrapers jutting up in a jagged, meandering skyline, their windows bright jewels of light against the darkened backdrop of Moon's manufactured night sky. And all throughout this cross-section of what could be any and every city, shine brilliant beams of white-blue light crossing, intersecting, reflecting, and rebounding off of each other in an elaborate and ever-changing lattice. Moon said that the beams were meant to represent both the appeal and the downside of a life lived on city time. On the one hand, brilliant, exciting, constantly changing variations, at once dazzling and entertaining. On the other, the reality that the chasing of such things could blind you to anything else, no matter how important. No, really, those light beams will literally blind you, so please maintain your current distance from the installation for your own safety. Moon swore that the lighting rig that they installed as the central part of this piece was not powerful enough to do that kind of damage, or any damage at all for that matter. And during the first two years following its unveiling, the originally scheduled length of its exhibition here at the Godfrey Estate, it posed no such hazard, and functioned exactly how Moon had constructed it. It was only when staff tried to remove it that the problems began. Apparently, either the piece itself, or perhaps another force that was fond of it, did not want it taken from the grounds. And so the beams of light, which previously were little more than a flashlight beam reflected on a mirror ball, transformed into high-powered lasers that attacked anyone who got too close. After a while, the risk to the Godfrey staff simply became too high to justify further attempts to dismantle it, and the area was roped off with the caution tape behind which you now stand. City Light Beams, or the force controlling it, recognized the retreat of its enemies, and has since mellowed out considerably, though it has been known to fire warning shots from time to time, as a reminder to anyone who may have forgotten its wishes. Hmm. It's been a while since the last one. We should be due for another one soon. Oh dear. You probably want to back up. Attention, Godfrey guests. Attention. We have reason to believe that the missing architecture tour has been kidnapped by the unauthorized band of performance artists currently occupying the third floor of the East Gallery. Witness reports that place the tour group near and in some accounts on the levitating platforms located on the ground floor of the East Gallery appear to be accurate. And it would seem that those patrons on the tour who climbed onto the platforms attracted the attention of the performance artists lurking above. It is unknown at this time if there were any casualties as a result of the kidnapping. If anyone on the architecture tour can hear this, 
Please look to your tour guide for the best course of action, assuming they too survived the abduction. And avoid making eye contact with your avant-garde captors at all costs. They may have a literal captive audience, but they are hungry for audience participation. They thrive on it. Do not give them what they want, if at all possible. And if it is not possible, well, our deepest condolences. The Godfrey staff are working non-stop to free you all. Please stay strong and remain calm. Stay tuned for further updates. Saturn Devouring His Son, 1819 to 1823. Francisco Goya, Oil Mural Transferred to Canvas. Well, my goodness, what caught your eye first? Was it Saturn's wide, bulging eyes? Was it his hunched and naked form, so at odds with his stature and power as a titan of the Roman pantheon? Or is it the body of his son, whose head and right arm Saturn has already consumed, and whose left arm currently faces the same fate as Saturn tears into his progeny's flesh, mouth wide to consume it, his teeth ready to tear it from its joint? Was it the burst of crimson at these sites of cannibalistic carnage, where the child's blood weeps from the stumps of what was once a whole and living thing? Was it the pulsating waves of hunger, beating like an erratic heartbeat from the dark emptiness of the painting's backdrop, and a sudden, strange desire to… eat something? This painting tells the mythological Roman tale of Saturn, or Kronos in the Greek mythology. Saturn, fearing that his children would one day overthrow him, chose to eat them all as they were born, and therefore save himself from his prophesied fate. Only the quick thinking of Saturn's wife, Ops, Rhea in the Greek tradition, who swapped their last-born child for a stone in swaddling clothes, put an end to Saturn's filicide and allowed his fated overthrow to unfold. Take a good long look at this painting. Really take your time with it. Can you imagine sitting down for a meal with this in view? Well, that's exactly what Goya did. As previously mentioned, this work was not originally painted on canvas, but as a mural on a wall. The wall of Goya's own dining room, to be precise. It was one of 14 murals that he painted directly onto the walls of his home. All are as dark and disturbing as Saturn devouring his son, and have come to be known as the Black Paintings. Is it madness or desperation in Saturn's eyes, do you wonder? Does the distinction matter when the end result is as horrific as this? Annabel Godfrey always thought that it was the latter of those two possibilities. She explained her reasoning once to a reporter covering the estate's collection of Romance-era artworks. Well, of course it's desperation. Of course it's fear. Saturn, a god, a titan, rules over all creation and is suddenly presented with the very real possibility, nay inevitability, that he will lose that power? I think in this painting he's staring that truth in the face even as he tries to prevent what he knows is providence. He would not fear an outcome he did not think was possible. And so he commits the heinous act of destroying those that he should nurture and protect. That by the laws of nature he is supposed to guide and serve after all, how many men gifted with power, and it is so often men, isn't it, are willing to surrender it on someone else's terms? How many of them are willing to surrender it at all?
Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. Enjoying your trip to the estate? To keep up with the Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, posted in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.